two Bens. How are we going to tell them apart? Oh, wait, hold on. Okay, yeah, you don't have to worry about that one anymore. Oh. Well, that was easy. You should get someone in to clean that up, though. Yeah. Warning. Incoming game. Warning. Incoming game. Welcome to Incoming Game, the podcast where we watch and rewatch the 2001 animated series reboot. I'm Jessica, and I've been a fan for a long time. I'm Ben, and I'm watching this for the first time. Each week, we take an episode, dissect it, inject some trivia, and try to find our frostiest moments. This week, we're seeing double in My Two Bobs. So how you doing this week, Jess? I'm doing good. I'm back at work, unfortunately. It was nice to have a long extended weekend, uh, but otherwise doing good. <laughs> I got to enjoy ringing in the new year with some friends and enjoying Christmas and all that, so that was fun. How about you? Ah, I've been okay. Just the holidays really wiped me out. I don't know if you can tell from the last episode or not, <laughs> but uh, glad it's over. Just back to my normal life. Time to recharge. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get started. All right. Today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 4, My Two Bobs. First aired on November 9th, 2001. It was written by Ian Pearson, Gavin Blair, Raul Inglis, and Phil Mitchell. And we open up with the laugh track. Yeah. Dot enters the diner in this very self-parodic way, and the show very fourth-wall-breakily takes the piss out of its own early season tropes. We have a live studio audience laughing at tons of catchphrases as if this was TGIF. Alphanumeric, super cool, pixelacious, high density. And they even hang a lampshade on uh, Cecil's French stereotyping. Oh my gosh, yeah. Bob does this uh, clumsy pratfall into the bar and then announces his presence to the sound of crickets. <laughs> uh, Enzo's still happy to see him, though. Kind of. He at least knocks him over. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, Goober Bob arrives and starts chatting up Dot, and uh, she wonders aloud how there can possibly be two Bobs. And both Enzo's cheesily mugged to the camera. Don't ask us! We don't know! And then it cuts to this Brady Bunch pastiche. A wonderful Brady Bunch opening. With everyone's vid windows crashing in around each other, with My Two Bobs logo coming up for the episode. And this whole sequence is revealed to be a recurring dream of Dot's. That's right. She's dreaming about two bobs at the same time. Mm. Oh, yeah. I really enjoy that somehow Dot watches sitcoms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which has come into her, her dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so Fong is playing a doctor, I mean therapist, and comments on her new nicknames for each bob. You got Glitch Bob, you've got Goober Bob. Interesting naming convention. I, again, need to point out, why does anyone trust Fong with important things, especially their <laughs> mental health? <laughs> he asks her some fake deep questions like, well, what does it mean to you? What do you think it means? <laughs> and then we get to see Dot make the weirdest face before we head over to check over the whole two bobs situation. <laughs> and speaking of, uh, both bobs are attempting to talk things out, but keep accidentally talking over each other. Much like this podcast. <laughs> it's impossible to get served again. If you I don't... need 
No, no, you first. No, 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 you. Please, I insist. And Cecil is not at all interested in serving either Bob, so they have to turn to talk about who remembers what and see if they can't determine what exactly happened. Did someone get copied? And if so, when? And who's the copy? Glitch Bob is sure that other Bob is the copy because original flavor Bob here doesn't remember anything. In fact, I agree. The whole thing seems a little shady. Hmm. But original flavor Bob is sure that Glitch Bob is the weird one. I mean, have you seen how he looks? <laughs> Goober Bob thinks his guardian code protected him. Somehow. MacGuffin much? And then little Enzo pops in to lend some copy advice, just as a game begins to come down. And then we're in the game! It's a war game! Wait, no. It's not. It's just... Oh, Matrix is just being shot at for fun. Okay. Yeah, this part screwed me up. <laughs> I, I really thought it was inside the game at this point. <laughs> But uh, no, uh, Matrix is running a training exercise, dodging live fire from reluctant binomes. I nearly hit him there. Good! Remember what he said he'd do to us if we didn't try to hit him. Luckily, Andrea shows up and they all point their fingers at Matrix for making them do it. And she puts a stop to the whole thing, scolding him for being a complete dumbass and reminding him that the war is over. It's time to relax. And then a game comes down. Again. <laughs> The faces they're making here are priceless. We've got <laughs> Matrix looking up in glee. I get to punch something. And Andrea's just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I traveled how long with this guy? <laughs> so uh, Dot is finishing up her session with Dr. Fong and is getting fed up when they also hear the game. As everyone and their mother heads toward the game, Matrix tells little Enzo to sit this one out because they still haven't checked out his icon to see what Hex did to it. And I'm like, wait, Really? There's been enough time that Dot has had recurring dreams since Goober Bob showed up, but looking into Enzo's icon wasn't priority one? Or even priority two? Doesn't sound like it was priority five. Just like, eh, we'll get to it when we get to it. But Dot shows up and reiterates that she's benching Enzo, but also she's benching Glitch Bob. Original Flavor Bob is all super intrigued by this whole not able to reboot thing. He's like, what? You can't reboot? Really? This feels like another point in the favor of original flavor equals OG Bob theory. Glitch Bob's just like, hey, listen, sometimes you just need a little extra time. You know, you get older, your refractory period isn't what it used to be. I can't just <laughs> reboot all over the place like I used to. Dot says, nope, we're taking original flavor into the game. And Glitch Bob was all like, you sure you trust that guy? I mean, he is me. With my life. So Goober Bob and Matrix bro out and head into the game with Frisket at their heels. And I was I was half expecting everyone to be stuck outside the game while they were all busy arguing. <laughs> but uh, here's a question. Why didn't Andrea at least go into the game with them? She could have been useful again. I think she wanted a little Matrix break. After he ran off, she was just like, I can't deal with him right now. <laughs> Need some alone time. So as the game plays, the camera pans down into the seedy underbelly of mainframe. And Glitch Bob, Enzo, and Andrea head into Owls for a quick bite to eat. Bob is moping about how Dot's not paying attention to it anymore. Oh, I want to be the apple of her eye. <laughs> and they have to duck as an ampersand gets thrown out of the bar. They also have to duck from the pun. And stay out. <laughs> yeah, I think they go to Owls because at least they know they'll be served. I'm thinking they should upload a video to social media of Cecil refusing to serve Bob because it'll probably go viral. And also, damn, Cecil, what will it take to win you over? <laughs> saving the whole system won't do it. <laughs> or saving, you know, his life in particular. I'm sure that's happened. But nope, he called him the wrong name. That's all he's got. <laughs> but now we're back in the game. Yeah, they're in a dojo and the user's a no-show. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's the final level of a fighting game, and there's no guarantee that the user will even make it this far. Without glitch, there's no game stats to help them out. Luckily, Matrix has played this one before. All they have to do right now is chill, uh, but they should reboot to see what powers they have. So they do, and uh, Frisket transforms into a little Pikachu puppy! <laughs> Which is pretty great. He's not wearing a detective hat, but I guess I'll take it. <laughs> and then Matrix reboots into Goku, I guess? Some kind of Goku-Ash mashup? I get it. It's Pokeball Z. <laughs> the animation on these rebooted characters is like that weird cel-shaded look that I've never been a fan of, where they're like trying to make 3D look 2D, but also 3D. It doesn't always work, but it definitely works here, where that's what exactly what they're trying to do. You know, they're trying to make it look like they're trying to make it look like an anime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then Bob reboots himself into a D12. <laughs> Like how he knows immediately, well, if I'm the player and that's my pet, guess what? You're in a Pokeball. (laughs) Back in mainframe, Dot is checking in with Mouse and Ray, and they've seen a few weird system glitches, which they're attributing to Hex's influence, but otherwise, it's like Damon never happened. So, now let's talk about boys. Yeah, Mouse wants Dot to dish the goss, which Bob is better in bed. I'm dying to know. (laughs) Is it both? Tell me it's both. <laughs> well, if it's mouse, you know. <laughs> I like how Ray is just prancing around silently in the background. They're like, we don't have his voice actor, so this is what you get. <laughs> yeah, he's just Harpo marxing around. <laughs> but uh, Bob is having a revelation about the inherent animal cruelty involved in Pokemon's premise. You keep creatures in cages and release them just to fight? Yeah. That is sick! When the user's <laughs> ship comes in. Literally, it parks in its stock, and out comes Super Saiyan Goku. Yeah, he's got a belt full of D12s, and he cracks his neck menacingly. The user throws out three giant Pokemon, and Matrix throws out Bobzilla. Oh my gosh, he is in, like, full Barney the Dinosaur cosplay. (laughs) The user's Pokemon all attack at once, and Matrix has to call out to Bob to use his booger powers. And it's super effective. (laughs) And for the third creature, he tells Bobzilla to just straight up fart on it, (laughs) which after a moment's hesitation, he obliges. I think it's fair to say at this point that we're seeing a lot more childish jokes than we have in previous episodes. Yeah, you know, (laughs) when you got to cut down on the amount of dick jokes. (laughs) They did get a pretty sneaky adult joke in here, but we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Can we talk about that victory dance, though, that Bob does? I'm assuming you enjoyed it. Yes, I did. <laughs> it's like... So the user is unfazed, though, and just unleashes five more enemies. Well, six if you count the flopping fish on the ground. <laughs> Bob asks Matrix for some assistance, but Matrix can't help. The trainers can only call out the powers. It's up to Bob to do the work. Oh, and by the way, the user, he's caught them all. All 150 of them. And back at Al's, a few ex-viral binomes are remembering the good old days, back when Mainframe was still great, and they commanded respect and got the goils. Remember back when we were Nazis and everyone was nice to us because we would murder them if they weren't? Yeah, the uniform meant something. Remember those days? That was good. <laughs> and then they start to pick on a bystander just for being there. Now, I don't think we commented on this waiter last time and how he's just like a blatantly gay stereotype. Yeah. But I'm going to now, and I just did. 
So that's in there. I mean, <laughs> this wouldn't be the only gay stereotype that was happening in 2001. <laughs> I was a little put off by the fact that he very nicely puts his hand on Bob's knees in what is, seems to me a very platonic way. He's giving him life advice. <laughs> he's telling him, look, you be you and that's okay. And Bob kind of goes like, oh my God, he's touching me. He's touching me. <laughs> I do enjoy that he just skates away. He's like, fine, whatever. Don't take my very poignant life advice that you will come to realize is true in about five seconds. <laughs> he's just living his best life as he skates away. <laughs> Andrea tells him that she believes that he's the original. But Enzo chimes in saying, so what if you're a copy? I'm a copy. Everyone's a copy. It's fine. As they discuss this, the ex-virals are starting to beat on the bystander binome who kicks one of them into the deep fryer. And Bob and Andrea don't help at all no they don't <laughs> they just you know pull out their phone so they can upload it to world star <laughs> andrea is just talking about how the neo-nazis in the room really bring down the atmosphere <laughs> so uh back in the game bobzilla is fending off the pokemon attacks and he's like hey renegade how about you i don't know cheat and matrix is just like Oh yeah, I can do that. I forgot. I cheat all the time. And then he goes into this extended DBZ gag where he flies through the air for like 10 minutes before Bob full-on quotes Morpheus. Matrix! What? Stop trying to hit him and hit him! And it turns out he was just on wires with a fast-moving background. <laughs> oh, movie magic. <laughs> so Matrix punches the user. So while he's flexing, Bob just straight up steps on the user, ending the game. Glitch Bob watches on, feeling weird about the whole thing. He didn't want them to lose, per se, but, you know, he didn't also want him to win. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Matrix and Goober Bob begin to bond. Kind of. <laughs> he calls him Enzo, and this time Matrix is feeling it. It feels right. Uh, But we're still not going to go play catch. That's just weird. I'm like a grown-up. Meanwhile, Dot is visiting Fong for yet another therapy session. She thought she had a plan, but now that there's two Bobs, she doesn't know what to do. I mean, Glitch Bob just reminds her of all the bad times, while Goober Bob makes her remember the good times. She feels safe. She feels at home. It sounds like she's made a choice. And Fong's like, well, if he looks like a Bob and sounds like a Bob. If he farts as a giant dinosaur like a Bob. <laughs> Sorry, I was just humoring you. And so we cut to credits on not much of a cliffhanger, except for the what will dot choose button. And the finger is very obviously hovering over one button. <laughs> so what'd you think of this one? I don't know. I mean, overall, it was not a bad episode. It structured well. It was paced well. Uh, there's some really funny gags in there that I really enjoyed. But it feels like we've lost some of the depth that it had. Even as far as the last arc with Damon, like, I felt more, I don't know, intense. This whole will she, won't she with which Bob feels less important, especially since we were just introduced to new Bob last episode. <laughs> yeah. You know, what? I, I kind of liked it, though. It was I thought it was very funny, you know, and although the stakes were low, like I was still on board for everything. It was a light episode for sure, but there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it can't be dark and heavy all the time. You need a breather every now and then. And I do agree with that. It just feels like this is a new characterization for Dot, you know. This isn't Dot dealing with stuff we've already seen. This is her dealing with this very new thing that literally just happened, and I don't know if I have an investment in it, you know? Yeah. And I'll say, I, I'm not sure how much to agree with Dot, you know. Like, on, on one hand, yes, Glitchbob was there during the bad times, but he was there. 
Like, I feel like she would be even more bonded to that one, considering, like, all they've been through together. Oh, yeah. So to have this other one show up without that baggage... I mean, I guess I can see, like, on the other hand, you know, if all she associates him with is bad memories, then... And we got to see a little bit more of Glitch Bob than she did, because we got to see Glitch Bob in the web and interacting with Matrix and Andrea prior to that. So it could be that she hasn't been hanging out with him as much as we're thinking she has. Yeah, I guess that's true. But it still feels weird. Like, I feel like, obviously, Glitch Bob, like, who's who's this doofus guy that has not been all <laughs> through all that stuff with you? It's like his little brother. Yeah. Like, this one's less complicated. (laughs) I'm going to go with him. Which is odd for Dot, because, I mean, she's been through a lot, but Dot is not usually one to run away from a problem. And that's what it kind of feels like. She's running away from Problem Bob. Yeah. Who's not really a problem, necessarily, but you know what I mean. Wait, I've solved it. Lit Mouse pair up with the other one. You know, she gets a Bob, (laughs) Dot gets a Bob. A Bob for you. A Bob for you. Everybody gets a Bob. That could work, because her new boyfriend has lost his voice actor. Not that she necessarily needs them to talk, but... (laughs) No, just, you stay quiet. It's a good thing Hex isn't still around, or she'd want one too. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny, Dot seems to be hung up on how much Goober Bob sounds like the old one. Which, you know, is accurate, because he is the original Bob voice actor. (laughs) I think she needs to seek out some actual mental health professionals, and not Fong. (laughs) Speaking of... Uh, Matrix also needs to seek out some mental health professionals at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if they're going to delve into Matrix's PTSD here, but he is having people shoot at him with guns that will kill him. <laughs> I feel like he needs he needs some help ASAP. I like how they went along with it, too, though. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Have you seen what Matrix does if you say no to him? <laughs> I do want to say, I thought this episode was really funny. I thought the gags really worked. Like, that whole scrolling background gag really could have fell flat, but uh, I don't think it did. It, re- it really worked for me this time. I really liked the floating screen gag. I thought that worked real well. I was very happy with it. I was less happy with the snot and fart jokes. <laughs> they just felt too odd. Like, like, they weren't even trying for fart and snot jokes. They were just, like, pointing at farts and snot and saying, aren't they funny? <laughs> But yeah, I really enjoyed, that was one of the parts I liked a lot, was the, the motion background. That was fun. Pixelacious! So, what do we have for trivia this week? Do you have any bits and bites? I sure do. Uh, we'll open up with the episode title. So, My Two Bobs is a reference to the old sitcom, My Two Dads, in which uh, two guys were into the same woman, and uh, she got knocked up by one of them, and then she died, and so they both have custody of her. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I thought it was My Three Sons. That makes more sense. (laughs) It starred Paul Reisner, uh, who went on to bigger and better things than this weird (laughs) sitcom that he was in. And then we get the Brady Bunch intro. Obviously, the 1970s show, The Brady Bunch, opened up with a very similar intro showing the entire family in boxes instead of Dot and Bob's and Enzo's. (laughs) And then, of course, we have Pokemon. Pansu Hebi X uh, is obviously a giant Pokemon reference. We've got Pokeballs. We've got uh, Charizards. We get Magikarps flopping around on the ground. We get a reference to all 150 of them. Uh, and we get Frisket turning into what is essentially Pikachu and going, Frisket, Frisket, Frisket. 
we get Dragon Ball Z references. Uh, mm-hmm. The characters are obviously Goku and Super Saiyan Goku, or possibly Super Saiyan Vegeta. It's Super Saiyan someone. And we get the long dragged out fight sequence that the Dragon Ball Z TV series was famous for. <laughs> we get a Matrix reference, which they kind of call out ahead of time by saying Matrix. Um, <laughs> Stop trying to hit him and hit him is what Morpheus says to Neo, except it's phrased, stop trying to hit me and hit me. And uh, finally, a funny little jibe that they put in there. The game is called Pansu Hebi X. Uh, Pansu Hebi means pants snake. So this <laughs> game is called Penis X. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so have fun with that one. <laughs> So should we talk about the game? All right. So our game for today is going to be Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just felt a little too obvious. Uh, so no, our game for the day is Pokemon, which if you're listening to this podcast and are a person on the earth, you probably already know everything you need to know about Pokemon, but I'll say a little bit. Tell me. It was created by Satoshi Tajiri in um, 1995 with the Pokemon Red and Green games, um, originally released on the Game Boy, and it has since become the highest grossing media franchise of all time, which is huge. I mean, media franchise. That's like a lot of things. Wasn't it? I thought it was Red and Yellow, not Red and Green. According to Wikipedia, the first one original was Red and Green, but it might have changed colors when it came over to America. I thought the first ones were Red and Blue, but... Pokemon is a video game, an animated series, an animated and soon-to-be live-action movie, a trading card game, and a manga. It has influenced countless imitations and parodies, uh, everything from Digimon to Rick and Morty Pocket Mortys. (laughs) Pretty much everything that you can think of. Ben. Yeah. Did you play Pokemon as a child? I did not. No, the actually the closest thing I've done was actually play the Pocket Mortys when it came out. I collected the cards for like two seconds. I think I got like two packs of cards and that was all I wanted. Um, <laughs> and I played the game for a little bit, but it never really, never grabbed me. Yeah, no, the whole like RPG kind of like walking around and talking to various people and then the repetitive fights, this that never appealed to me. It's pretty much the same reason why I don't play a lot of JRPGs. The whole wander around the forest and then the cut screen comes to tell you that you've encountered something and then you take a turn-based action until the person dies. Yeah. It's never been my cup of tea. That's why Earthbound's never really appealed to me either. I really enjoyed the Digimon TV series, which isn't really based on Pokemon, uh, despite having a very similar name. Uh, but a lot of people thought it was a Pokemon ripoff. It was a lot more fun, though, in, in my personal opinion. <laughs> and I am super looking forward to Detective Pikachu for some reason. <laughs> it looks so ridiculous. I have no idea why. I like watched the trailer and had zero interest in the idea of a live-action Pokemon movie. I was like, this is going to be... So bad. <laughs> and now it's like the only thing I want to see. No, yeah, I'm definitely going to go see that. <laughs> it looks so absurd. It's so absurd. Like, there's the joke where Pikachu jumps at the mime guy, but the mime guy has an invisible wall in front of him. And I died. <laughs> I literally died. This is wrong. This is all wrong. So, Jessica, in the course of watching this episode, did you find yourself a double mint frosty moment? So... Dot's faces really gave me a run for my money on a lot 
a lot of the faces dot was making. <laughs> like one time I paused and I was like, she looks like a blow up doll. <laughs> the whole face she was making in the very beginning when she was fading from the psychiatry office over to the diner. I was like, what are you, what are you reacting to? What is this emotion on you? I don't understand. But my frosty moment has to go to a part that I thought was really funny, which was the uh, two binomes that are shooting at Matrix. <laughs> yeah. And the one's just like, you tell him he's two ships short of a circuit board. And the other one's like slaps him upside the head. Like, you're going to get in trouble. Well, he is. I got a kick out of those two. They were fun. That was good. I liked that too. <laughs> what about you, Ben? So um, my frosty moment actually goes to, uh, it's the scene where Enzo jumps on top of Glitch Bob, and then as he's getting off of him, he just slides across his face, like drags his balls across Bob's <laughs> face, and so Bob's like just blocking him with his hands. <laughs> Enzo, come on. Be aware. But uh, for my runner-up, I think it's going to go to Ray's like silent background acting, where he's just kind of bopping around in the background. <laughs> we couldn't get my voice actor. I'm just going to be here. That reminded me of a... I'm re-watching Steven Universe... And uh, there is a character that they got Nicki Minaj to voice, and they could not afford to get Nicki Minaj back for this character. So this character is yet to be in <laughs> the series again. Uh, and so they make a giant call out at one point where they have like a fake uh, cardboard cutout thing with like a recording of what the character <laughs> saying something. And they're like, oh, do we still have to pay her if she's not technically in the episode? <laughs> So yeah, it reminded me of that <laughs> like the, when the behind-the-scenes stuff ends up coming <laughs> into the series. <laughs> All right, so shall we open up our mailbag and take a look at our feedback? Let's do it. Daniel Borett on Facebook says, What an episode. Two bobs followed by a game about Pokemon and DBZ. I can't help but wonder what would have happened if the others had went in the game as they had planned. Well, for one, they could have been helping, and Bob wouldn't have had to do them all by himself. So Matrix wouldn't have had to cheat. <laughs> yeah. What is with this whole, I have 150 Pokemon and you have one BS? I don't know if I approve of that. Kimura uh, at Wackamagoose says, I like how they don't even try to hide the parody in the game. And also, he definitely played this version of the series where a Pokemon can directly attack the trainers. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the fights would be over a lot faster. Chris Mooman Nayardi at Cartoon Moo on Twitter says, My two bobs is where season four kind of lost me. I felt like they were spinning their wheels until the end of the season. Wink, wink. That Pokemon parody was pretty cool, though. Rob Horrocks says, The Pokeball Z game is a lot of fun, but overall the plot isn't as engaging in comparison to what we've had before in the series. Which, yeah, I think was coming along with my, my lines of thought. Bry Kotick on Twitter points out that it's we're kind of going back to a season one and two feel here, and that it seems to be very intentional. Corlette and Benier playing off of each other was definitely a treat, though Benier's delivery felt different, much like Corlette's felt a bit different this season than season three. Yeah, I noticed that too. It didn't really sound like season one Bob either. It was just kind of like it, it did feel off and different. Yeah, I could see that. And especially from a real life version of like, I did this guy's voice almost 10 years ago. <laughs> it's not going to, it's never going to be correct. Uh, Nolan points out that he saw this season out of order the first time and was very confused by that intro. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can imagine that he knows the producers weren't happy with season one's Looney two sound effects, but he kind of misses them when reboot steers into comedy. That's hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're going to pull out the Looney two sound effects on any episode of season four, this is probably it. 
So Jan McCormick on Facebook shared her awesome, super, super awesome uh, Pantsu Heavy Trainer with Frisket Chew cosplay. It is amazing. Oh my goodness. I love it. Uh, Jan, you did a fantastic job. <laughs> it's so cute. Look at the little Frisket. <laughs> the little Frisket. She's got the whole uh, giant anime hair and green skin. She did a fantastic job. Uh, if you guys head over to our Facebook page, you should t- check it out. Uh, she she really did a fantastic job and deserves the likes. I think it's time to make this voyage unprofitable. So, Ben, do you have anything you'd like to recommend this week? Uh, yeah, I would. It's a, uh, it's a webcomic. Are you familiar with Trudy Cooper's Oglaf? Oh, I definitely have heard of Oglaf. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, before she did Oglaf, she did a comic called Platinum Grit. And I really love Platinum Grit. It's available online at PlatinumGrit.com in shockwave form. (laughs) So you actually have to uh, scroll panel by panel with your arrow keys, which is an interesting way to read it. But uh, it's very good. Uh, It it was done with collaborators Doug Bain and Danny Murphy. And it involves this uh, awkward kind of dweeby Scotsman as he goes on some strange adventures with his two uh, companions, Nilsson and Kate. And so the plots are all over the place. There's like wacky Scottish um, supernatural hijinks. There's sex farce, um, all kinds of stuff. They had some book collections that uh, came out, but they're all out of print. But uh, you can read them all online for free. I think there's like 21 episodes, 21 issues. And unfortunately, it doesn't have a proper ending. It just kind of stops because she went on a indefinite hiatus uh, and then decided to move on to Oglaf instead. But uh, it's well worth your time, it's, like even as it is. Like it's it's very good. So go check that out. Platinumgrit.com. Nice. What about you? Uh, so I'm going to recommend an artist I follow that I really enjoy. Uh, his name is Lucas Elliott. He's based in Anchorage, Alaska. He's actually one of the people I got to hang out with in camp last year. Um, he does these great uh, mermen. <laughs> I bought a sticker from him of a lumberjack merman. <laughs> and it's probably like my favorite sticker on my computer right now. Um, you can check him out. He's at Lucas Elliott Art on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, he has a store you can check out on Store Envy and a website, which is lucaselliottart.weebly.com. Uh, and he just does a lot of fun, cartoony, beefy guys, like very lumberjacky. <laughs> Uh, he just did his own spider sona, which is, you know, him with a giant beard and wearing a kilt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, super fun art. Uh, very cartoony and lighthearted. Check it out. Yeah, it sounds great. So uh, what are we looking at next week? Next week, we're watching Life's a Glitch, in which we will delve more into this. Which Bob should I marry and love? And which one should I throw out into the garbage because he's useless? <laughs> And a goober. So is there anything in particular you remember about this one? No. <laughs> this is pretty much the plot of the next three episodes. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if I can differentiate which one goes where. Well, in the meantime, you can always find us online at Incoming Game Pod on Twitter and Incoming Game Cast on Facebook and IncomingGameCast.com. You can find me online at Dudworks, D-U-D-W-O-R-K-S. I am at Stravino Lady. That's S-T-I-R-V-I-N-O Lady. Our theme music is Spasmatica Polka by Kevin McLeod. not quite done yet. Ben, you forgot the double tap. Ah, oh, jeez. Stay frosty, folks.
A user wins. <laughs>